Before we get started, After the Monuments is proud to receive support from VCU Massey Cancer Center. Massey Cancer Center wants you to imagine a future without cancer. All it takes is one, a revolutionary idea, a promising clinical trial, or a new breakthrough. See how Massey is developing new approaches to prevent and treat cancer for every person in every community. Learn more about this future for everyone at MasseyCancerCenter.org. Before we get started, After the Monuments is proud to thank Team Henry Enterprises for their support of our show. Team Henry Enterprises is a black-owned contracting firm specializing in office, retail, medical, multifamily, and higher education construction of all scopes and sizes. In the wake of the George Floyd protest, Team Henry is the very firm contracted by the city of Richmond to take down the Confederate monuments in Richmond and by many other municipalities to remove other Confederate monuments around Virginia and throughout the Southeast. Learn more about Team Henry and how they can help your community rebuild, renovate, or design at TeamHenryENT.com. I'm Kelly Lemon. And I'm Michael Paul Williams. And welcome to the After the Monuments podcast, where we look at events and news about race in a historical context and see how, too often, history repeats itself. Hey, it's Kelly. If you recall, we left off last week with Dr. Wes Bellamy talking about how he was taunted by organizers of the Unite the Right rally and how tensions in the city really escalated around Thanksgiving of 2016. Here you go. So it's kind of like, all right. And I met him originally like a month prior. I think this is another thing. The probably the last straw in Charlottesville that was like, all right, this is this about to go to the next level. Alicia Garza, um, one of the co-founders of Black Lives Matter, my sister, I love her to death, who I didn't know at the time, came to Charlottesville uh, in October. And she had a talk at UVA, not only about Black Lives Matter, but just it was a, it was a talk in general. I didn't make the talk. There was a a gentleman who owned a restaurant called Bella's, who I had knew. Well, we had met at UVA hosting a competition for kids that summer. And he put a Facebook post up and said, Black Lives Matter is the most racist group since the Klan. It's sick. So people were like, yo, what? Like he the owner from Bella, like he he put that up. So people were mad. <laughs> It's on the news, and people hit me like, Wes, what are we going to do? Because now I'm like in this bit, like, yo, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, nah. I had already kind of been been coached, like, be slow to respond to things. And I'm like, yo, I just met that dude. That dude isn't like that. He don't talk like that. Like, I just met him. We had a great conversation. I don't think that's him. So when he and I finally got a chance to talk, he confirmed it was him. And I'm like, all right, we're going um, we to, we need to educate you. Maybe not just throw you to the side, but I told him, I know the NAACP is planning a protest at your restaurant. I'm going to encourage him to move forward, but we're going to take some time to educate you. And he's like, okay, cool. So they have this press conference plan, or excuse me, this protest planned. i never forget it was a Friday. I'm picking my daughters up from uh, after school at our church, First Baptist on West Main, which is right across the street, literally right across the street from this restaurant. And I told myself, because we're supposed to go out of town that night. Like, I'm not going. I'm not going over there. Like, I'm not going. Picking mm. the girls up. I'm like, all right, I got to go. Like, I, I got to sh- Like, uh, my man Herb Dickerson, who's an OG housing advocate, homeless advocate there, he like, yo, Wes, as I'm taking the kids in the car, like, yo, Wes, what's up? So he's like, what are you doing? Like, we over here. So a lot of these folks who are there, they like, well, we kind of got into activism behind you. Mm-hmm. What you mean you're not coming over here? Like, where are you going? Like, mm-hmm. I was like, I just played it off. Like, oh, no, nah, I was just getting some out the car. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, I'm Kevin. Yeah. So I get over there, and I... I'm trying to stand in the back because I don't want to take over. You don't want it to be about you. Yeah. Like, I'm just kind of in the back. 
I'm in a chant. I'm holding a sign in NAACP, but I'm not giving a speech. I'm not saying anything. I'm just, it's about them. Kessler busts out the out the restaurant, and, you know, the news cameras are there. He busts out the restaurant. He's like, this is a fascist protest. Black Lives Matter is a fascist group, and he's just making this spectacle. So we're not well-versed in, like, protests and things of that nature at the time collectively, so they just start arguing with him. Mm. And I'm like, y'all, don't say nothing to him because, like, that's what the media is going to show. Mm-hmm. Like, y'all, don't say anything to him. Ignore him. But they're going back and forth. He's making this huge spectacle. And when I left, I was like, who is that dude? Well, after that, people were like, yo. Of course, the next day on the front page, I'm on the front page. Mm. And I, like, I'm saying I'm on the front page holding the NAACP sign. Or my daughter, Herb is holding the NAACP sign. One of my daughters in my, like, you know, in front of me. And they got me with the fist up. But I was just participating in the chat. Chant, rather. Mm-hmm. After that, everybody's like, yo, how can a vice mayor, white people, rather, how can a vice mayor boycott a business? This place brings city revenue. Like, you got to be an activist or a councilman. And I'm like, nah, I don't have to fit or conform to anything. So that's this whole thing. And I think Kessler realized the attention he got from that, and he capitalized on it. So then subsequently, in November, like I said, he's doing all these calls, just kind of ignoring it. And then he goes back and he publishes, uh, he, he hacks into my Twitter, my old Twitter account, hacks into it. I'm not going to say he doctored tweets, but because we take accountability for everything in which we do. He publishes all of these old tweets, um, some of which I wrote, some of which I don't know where they came from. But in any event, he published, he makes a blog post and he publishes all these tweets, which were incredibly homophobic, prejudiced. They were insensitive to women. Words of a of a very immature 20, 19, 20, 21-year-old in which we thought we could just say whatever we want on Twitter. In the Daily Progress, uh, there's an editor. Shout out to my man, Chris Suarez. Chris, you don't work for Daily Progress no more, so I can tell the story. That's our Chris. Yeah, y'all Chris. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, that's okay, the homie. Okay. Me and Chris develop a relationship. So Chris called me. He like, yo, have you seen this, uh, this blog? And I'm like, yeah, I saw Kessler send it to council. He's like, I'm like, what do you think I should do? He's like... It's Kessler. Nobody's taking him serious. He's like, did you write these tweets? I'm like, bro, that's not even my right Twitter handle. Like, I don't, I didn't say any of that. Like, what are you talking about? Because it's so, it's so long ago. It's like nine years ago. I'm like, bro, I ain't say that. Like, what? So he's, I'm like, what do you think I should do? He's like, I wouldn't give it any attention because if you do, then, of course, you know, we're going to have to run a story, blah, blah, blah. Just ignore it. So I'm like, all right, cool. Well, over the weekend, they get about 1,500 emails from the Virginia flaggers. And they're like, why aren't all the media outlets, the local media outlets, and they're like, why aren't y'all running this story about Wes Bellamy? He always gets special treatment. Like, if this was someone else and they said these things, you all would have wrote about it. So Chris hit me and he like, yo, I'm going to give you a heads up. Got to write about My it. My editor is on me. Like, we have to write about it. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you some time. You need to write a statement. And I'm going to put your statement in with what we write. So I'm like, all right, cool. I write the, write the statement. My team, we get together. Everything gets published that Monday. And then Kessler relishes in the fact that he probably has 20,000 people looking at his blog. And it's mainly about me and these old tweets. And he's just writing this stuff like, I told y'all this is who he is. He's saying this is when he was younger, but he's still young. This is the kind of person we have leading. And then because of that, you know, me and Governor McAuliffe, we talking. He's like, yo, 
I'm with you, but bro, you can't be on the state board of ed like with this old stuff. We got to clean this up. So after resign there, my job I was a high school teacher, which that's what everybody kind of knew me for. They're like, yo, you don't have to resign. Like you don't got to quit. But they're saying they're gonna protest outside the school every single day that you're there. Let's find. Let's figure out something else. So let's figure out a plan. So publicly, I say, okay, I'm gonna resign. Although you know, I didn't. Um, I could talk about it now. So <laughs> yeah, like I, I didn't quote unquote resign, but publicly I say, okay, I'm going to resign from the school. And then Kessler comes to the city council meeting with a boom box playing uh, like wrestling music. And he's like, I'm Jason Kessler. And I'm here because of that racist West Bellamy and people booing them, whatever, whatever. So it was a real chaotic time. But what I learned in that is, wow, you know, it seemed as if I'm this rising star in the party or whatever. And now people kind of turning their backs like, what the hell? I can't believe he said all this stuff. Charlottesville was like, yo, it don't matter what anybody else thinks about you. We got you. And that's the first time where I really felt like this is home mm. no matter what. Mm. People started making hashtags. I'm with Wes. We usually have 30, 40 people at the city council meetings. We have about 250. It's packed. And they're just like, yo, we with you. A couple of my colleagues on council were like, yo, I'm with you. That's not the young man I know. That the like this, I'm with you. This isn't who you are. We know this is a smear campaign. It's the same playbook. We with you. A couple of my colleagues, you know, who y'all have had who are just on some Fugazi stuff, <laughs> and they kind of like, oh, well, the city needs to decide. Maybe he does need to be recalled. Maybe he does need to resign. But everybody saw what was up with that. And for the most part, you know, everybody was rocking with me. So unfortunately, I had to go through that because it was really uncomfortable for my family. You know, we getting all these threats, people saying all these things, but it's where I also learned that, all right, there's something bigger that we have to do, and this isn't just about these statues. Like, this is literally about us trying to move our city forward, and for that matter, the state. So you can't quit, and these attacks are going to come. Nobody said it's going to be easy, but we know we're doing the right thing. And then after that, you know, we just we just keep pushing. And it was a blessing in disguise because I was able to take some time from teaching and then I was no longer on the State Board of Ed. I was able to write my dissertation. Mm -hmm. I finished my dissertation. I was also able to go and study disparity studies across the state from an economic perspective. And then we wrote something in Charlottesville called the Business Equity Fund, in which we provided uh, $250,000 to black-owned businesses to, so that they could get a $30,000 loan or grant to either start their business or uptick, or excuse me, um, increase or uh, just support their business mm -hmm. in different ways. We also wrote something called the Equity Package, which was $4.5 million in resources to underserved communities, $2.5 million for public housing redevelopment, $50,000 for anybody who lives in public housing to go to uh, our community college for free. $50,000 for GED training as well as people to take the test. We had a $100,000 job position for Black Youth Achievement um, and a litany of different things. I wrote those things because I had more time. So like what Kessler thought was for bad actually really just mm -hmm. helped me sharpen the skills. And then our community became better because of such. And then, you know, I was able to convince my colleagues, or three of them at the time, these statues need to be removed. We were at a standstill. It was two, two, and one. And then we were able to get the third vote. And then that's what led to subsequently the statues having a vote, then being moved. I did not know. I mean, yeah. 
you know, yeah. all of yeah. what led up. That's a whole the, lot. The fact that, yeah. No, but it, like, I'm like, yo, like this dude like, mm-hmm. was like, that dude was on you. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. crazy to me yeah. that you were his target. And then he turned around and did what he did in yeah. Charlottesville. But anyway. Yeah. Mm. So how do you think you're going to be feeling in August as we come up on this? <sighs> on five years. Last year I cried. Um, you know, I always tell myself like I'm over it. I'm over it. Then I do a jog and I don't know what the hell was going on last year. I jog and just start crying. Me and my homeboys would just start crying. So it's like res- <clears throat> residual trauma. Yeah, for sure. Oh, it's trauma for sure. I mean, you just think about all the things that you go through. Like I said, man, you get getting bomb threats at your kids at their elementary school. They don't have anything to do with this. You literally, you walk around the town and people tell you, like, you ruined my city. Like, get out. Like, you know, people send you all yeah, kind of you, messages. You know the white supremacists right. decided to have a march that ended up killing a young woman? Uh, you know what I'm saying? What, 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 why, did, why, is that, yeah. why is that blame West? The, yo, that's just kind of how you got to find somebody to blame, right? But but in that also, there's, there's triumph in the fact that our community was able to rally together. There were a lot of voices. There were a lot of people who found their voice in the midst of all of this, you know, shout out to my, my, my sister. I love her to death, Nakia Walker, the first black female mayor in mm-hmm. the city. You know what I'm saying? And she came right behind you, right? Literally, yeah. yeah. So, like, we we appoint our own mayors and vice mayors at the time. So I was vice mayor. I turned out, I declined the mayorship, and then she um, she was on council. That's First right. time we ever had two black people on council Yeah. at the same time. I forgot you turned that down. Yeah, so, yeah. like, she became the mayor. You know what I'm saying? And I think that was also important to show, really, brothers— you can lead from the back. And if you're a leader, you can lead in in, in any way. Yeah. Leading doesn't mean you got to be up front. Yeah. Like, and sometimes it's better to just support the sister. So how I feel on, on the fifth, um, I mean, excuse me, on the five-year anniversary, I don't, I don't know. But I am very happy with where our community is. We're not perfect, but, you know, we, we have led a great deal of change. When I look across the country and my colleagues – we had a group chat where there's probably 200 city councilmen from across the country, city council persons, and they all using our resolution. They all like, yo, Wes, send me that resolution to get the statues down. They using our resolution to get it down. I remember meeting Stoney. People tried to put us together, pit us together, rather. Like, And I remember we went down and— um, They tried to pitch y'all against each other? Oh, of course. Pitch against each other. Excuse me, I said together. Yeah, pit us against each other, of course. Because Stoney initially was like, yo, maybe we could just— uh, redesign, the statues have to be taken down, whatever. And I remember, that's my man. Like, me and him, we cool. And we we different, though. We have different personalities, different. you know? Yeah, yeah. Very yeah, but, yeah. But, but there's, you know, black isn't a monolith. Yeah. And that's cool. Yeah. And I remember me, me and him meeting, and we went and got some wings. Everybody know I love wings. Shout out to Mimi. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, you know, I, we went and got some wings, and he's just like, yo, people on me about blah, blah, blah. <laughs> And I'm so like, black, bro. I love it. It's so black, I love oh, it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Lemon pepper buffalo. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, yeah, yeah. Fries, <laughs> lemon, sweet tea, lemon pepper. Yeah, anyway. And that's why he's laughing yeah. because it's like, we know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Y'all, y'all the know. rest of the world might not, but <laughs> right. we caught it. Yeah, yeah. Me and Stoney, we eat some wings, and I'm just like, bro, you got to be yourself, bro. Like, like you the mayor, you know what I'm saying? You got to do your thing. He was like, I want to do it, but, like, my city's just different from yours. And I'm telling him, like, bro, you, you got to... You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, people are going to try to put us together. They don't even know me, and you cool. They don't know we text all the time. Because people in Charlottesville were saying, like, well, why are you saying this? Stoney, the mayor, he's the mayor in Richmond, a larger city. Did you ever think 
what what happened what happened in Richmond in 2020 Hell no. go down like that. No. <laughs> I thought for sure this would never happen. Like, yo, and this, you know, a lesson to me. Cause I'm like, shit, we going through all our stuff. They scary as hell. Like the council <laughs> won't even the council won't even bring the vote. No. You know what I'm saying? We going through all of this. They just looking. And like I'm I'm going around the state, you know, traveling for whatever reasons and people just like looking. But then we start to see a bubble. Like we see Portsmouth pop off. Mm-hmm. We see Norfolk saying, yo, we're not gonna wait for the decision in Charlottesville. We're gonna go ahead and move forward with our own. We hear some stuff in Richmond, like people, you know, they ah yo, nah, maybe we do need to, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, all right, but we're kind of the guinea pig. But then after the situation happens and Kessler and his minions come and they, you know, they literally kill somebody, which people don't understand. This is this is like a month after my, my wedding anniversary was uh, July 8th. I started getting calls from the Klan um, mm. in April. Mm. And they're like, yeah, this is going to be a one-year wedding anniversary you'll never forget. So the Klan actually came to Charlottesville. They got a permit on Saturday, July 8th. And on my one-year wedding anniversary, they had a rally. Charlottesville turned out probably 1,500 people. They had 30 people. We had probably 1,500 with pots, with pans, with all kind of stuff. And they like, nah, we're not having that here. Or we're not going to make it comfortable for you. I had to, I wasn't even allowed to stay in the city. And, and my wife at the time, she was also just like, nah, we're not staying. Like, yeah. I want, like we're not being here. So we went to New York and I'm, you know, whatever. We were gone. But so that happens. And then Kessler was kind of touting after that, like, oh, y'all think that was something the Klan came. We're going to have quadruple the amount of people that the anti-protesters had. Just wait and see. So now there's this cloud over the city, and people are, are really afraid. they just like, yo, Wes, we don't know what's going to happen. And I'm studying for my dissertation. So before the Klan came, we did this whole—I'm uh, prepping for my dissertation, rather. We, before the Klan came in July, we did this whole series of talks where we go into all the communities. We tell them, folks, yo, ignore them. Do not go out there. Like, leave it be. I wasn't saying this, but there were a lot of black people like, yo, this is not for us to go fight. This is white people to go out there and fight. Like, mm-hmm. this ain't for us. Mm-hmm. Let them go out there. They want to counter-protest. We don't know what's going to happen. Leave them alone. Like, you know what I'm saying? Now, so it comes and it goes. The Klan come and they go. But now a month later, we have this other thing, and people are really just tired. Yeah. So I'm getting, you know, this paper, I was telling Kelly this in the elevator up, on the way up. I have a very interesting relationship with the Daily Progress, Richard Times Dispatch, although, yo, RTD did hold me down after the tweets. I'm not going to front. <laughs> RTD probably got, like, a lot of people off my back because they made an editorial, and they were like, yo, what to do about West Bellamy's tweets? And they like, leave him alone. Mm-hmm. He was a kid. Yo, leave yeah, him alone. kind of contrast, you know, they said yeah. he was contrite. Yeah. He, you know, yeah. he owned it. They, he owned we it. We got all these, yeah. these folks I ain't gonna who were getting caught doing stuff yeah. in real time in real about time. 10 years ago, and, and, so, and they're not even owning it. And they said that, like, yo, he's young now, and he owned everything he said, like, we got to leave, like, let them grow up. Yeah. I got a lot of love for RTD for that. But after that, right, so the week we're leading up, so after the Klan thing, again, people are scared. They're like, what are we going to do? There's a paper that's, there's an editorial that's published in the uh, Charlottesville Daily Progress in which they basically are blaming me for everything. And mm. they're like, where's Wes? Mm. Like, why isn't Wes going around having these community events? Where is he? He started all this stuff. These people are coming on the 12th. He's nowhere to be found. But again, my dissertation defense was on Friday, August 11th. So I'm going back and forth to Petersburg trying to prep for my dissertation, which is accumulation of all my years of studying. Mm. 
So, yeah, I wasn't as outside prior to August 12th because I'm trying to, you know, finish this. And I'm telling people, honestly, I'm like, yo, Kessler's a clown. We're just going to show up again. Like, people just show up again. He, like, it, this can't be, you know, what we thought, what, we're, what people are saying until maybe two weeks out and folks are like, nah, this is going to be crazy. We start getting briefed by the state police. We get briefed by the governor. The FBI comes in. I can't really talk about some of the stuff in which they were saying, but there was some, in my opinion, sabotaging of um, preparation in a wide variety of different ways. There was, uh, I'm the vice mayor, but our mayor at the time, uh, he really wanted to be out front and have some, some a leadership role in which I think was detrimental to what we were trying to do mm. um, for a wide variety of different reasons. So it's just kind of like this perfect storm, this combustible situation. We thought we had an injunction to move the the rally to this one particular park. Judge comes through. These people are actually defended. By, well, anyway, judge comes through and they're like, nah, they have to be able to have it at that park. What you all did in terms of moving it is illegal. You got all of these, fo- you know, there's infighting with people like, nah, you can't work with the police. Wes, what do you mean we need to, you know, like, so it's just a it's just a very chaotic situation, and then they actually they come down and they have their rally, which don't get it twisted. Like black folk, white folk, we were outside that day too. I was actually told I had to leave. <laughs> I was with uh, our dear sister Mimi Shamika Bowen. She came down and she like I'm with you. We have a sunrise cert. Well, Friday they actually come down and they do the tiki torch thing. We're in the church across the street. I'm with my barber. I'm like, nah, what's up? We going over there. Like they they trying to surround kids. Nah, do that shit with us. Like let's go over there. Like yeah. we going over there. It's probably like 20 people. They're like, no, as you cannot go over there. Like we know what's gonna happen. I'm trying to get around them, do swim moves, all this other stuff. Like mm-hmm. nah, I'm yelling. Like come over here with that shit. Like what's up? Like mm-hmm. y'all y'all tough with some kids. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's up? Because mm-hmm. y'all, because I see y'all outside often and y'all walk the other way. Y'all really, if we were in the street, I would call them another word. <laughs> yeah. But y'all, y'all really some chumps. Yeah. But y'all, when y'all have a lot of y'all, y'all tough. So then we leave and I'm telling my bar, it's like 12 o'clock. I'm like, yo, tomorrow, I'm telling you, it's up. Like, I see one of them. I'm telling you, it's going to be on site. And he like, bro, I got my own little security team, quote unquote. And they like, bro, because my family had to leave. Like, bro, you, you're not doing that. And we're not going to let you do that. Mm. I have strict orders from the governor the day of. He's like, state troopers have already been. McCall's like, state <laughs> troopers already know. We're going to let you give this talk. And Tracy, shout out to Tracy. <laughs> She's already like, yo, we're going to let you give your talk at the church because I'm speaking with Cornell West. And then you have to leave. And we're going you're going to leave by force or choice. <laughs> you're going to leave. You're not going to be there. I'm like, all right. We give the talk at the church. We give a—I'm like, nah, we're going to march to the park. A friend of mine had reserved the other park. Shout out to Walt Heineke. So we have our rally, like, adjacent from the Lee Park, and we see them coming in, and I'm kind of leading these chants, like, hell nah, like, we ain't scared of y'all. You know what I'm saying? State troopers then are like, no. Yeah, you got to go. You out. Yeah. They take me to a car. They make me leave. I actually come to Richmond mm. with Mimi. Mm-hmm. I remember this yeah, weekend. Yeah, you're, yeah. I actually, I, I, again, I've never heard this story. So, like, the fact that I remember all yeah. of this is really wild. It's, yeah. Yo, it's crazy, right? Yeah. yeah. With, with, with Mimi and, um, um, what's my man's name? Uh, Hill. Um, any event. Yeah. Lamar, I think. We we go. They like, yo, you supposed to be going down south with your family? 
let's just do that. I'm like, all right, like, all right, cool. I'll do that. I tell the city we out. We come to Richmond. We come to City Diner, I think. Mm-hmm. That's what it's called. Mm-hmm. Across from the planetarium. Mm-hmm. They're like, yo, just get away and eat. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Let's just eat. We eating. My phone. I'm like, yo, I'm going back. Like, I don't, yo, I'm going back. I'm not about to be here when everything is, like, popping off. Like, I'm going back. And they're going to have to just arrest me or something. We go back, and unfortunately, you know, Heather Heyer, I get the call from Nakaya, actually. She's like, Wes, where are you? I'm like, I'm up the street. She's like, did you see what happened to that girl? Like, I know, like, they, they, they just ran a car into that girl. My homies who are around me, I'm downtown. My homies, they like, nah, you got to go. We go to the park. We're actually doing a back-to-school bash. So ironically, while all this chaos is going downtown, at Townsville Park, where the Townsville League is, there's 300 black people there. They don't even realize what's going on downtown. Kids, we having a cookout. We got the homies at the front protecting the, the front of the entrance of the park. But we give away, you know, 250 book bags and school supplies and have a cookout. And I think that's what really Charlottesville is. Like, even in the midst of chaos, we still take care of our own. And then we all know what happens, you know. Subsequently, statues get removed and people start to understand it. But that's kind of when you ask, who am I, the leadership, or how I get to this point? It's through all of that. And then when you go through something like that at 30, you realize, like, you can go through anything. And then eventually when I'm 34 and I see the statues actually be removed, you can't tell me we can't do anything. You can't tell me black folk can't accomplish anything. People literally said this would never happen. Like, Wes, you ruined in this place. This was never going to happen, and it happened. I, I mean, just to, like, I don't know why I thought this wasn't premeditated. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know why, or maybe because it, was, because it was Charlottesville and it was, you know, so close to a place that I, I know so well. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't. I'm so glad that you were able to come up here and almost give us the Full, <laughs> yeah. almost a year's worth of yeah. no this was building and your boy yeah you and your boy yeah. <laughs> the, who was the leader you yeah. know what i'm saying yeah. had some conflict yeah, and then right you know how this is led as we wrap up this conversation because we could go for hours right, 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 uh, right. but we can't yeah um and this is a national podcast and one of the things that i know that you are very adamant about mm-hmm is about a new political party. Yeah. If we could very quickly just yeah. kind of give that information sure. about that and then yeah. tell people how they can follow you. And sure, sure. Shout out to my man Puff and, and everybody else, man. Uh, our black party, I'm a firm believer that black folk have to be in control of our own politics. And there's nothing wrong with us developing our own agenda. There's nothing wrong with us developing our own candidates. There's nothing wrong with us saying we have to put ourselves first. So uh, myself and a few others, we work collectively to develop something called Our Black Party, um, we're probably at about 25,000 members across the country. And essentially, we're, we're not a, a new political party in terms of Democrats and Republican. But what we are is a training group as well as a, a group of individuals who are very adamant in terms of us developing agendas across the state, black agendas across the state, training our people on how to run for office, but then giving them the real about what happens when you're in office and then turning some of that activism into real policy. So that's what we're working on. At Virginia State University, we have the John Mercer Langston Institute for African-American Political Leadership, which is a a breeding ground, if you will, for new thought leaders and and black politicals 
from um, college students to those who may want to be staffers to those who work in city government and all the way around because it's not just elected to lead this change. So, yeah, that's what my focus is, is is working with us. I'm unapologetic in terms of working with us. I don't run for office anymore. I got out of office because I want to do things specifically for my community in my community. I served my time, <laughs> which is what I meant earlier. Yeah. Like, not like it was a jail sentence, but I served my time served in terms my time. of— I'm not- it, I've done well, my time. Well, literally, <laughs> literally, there's nothing else that I could do from a political perspective in, in Charlottesville or even from my vantage point, like the state. Like, there wasn't any equity packages before. I'm not to my horn. I'm just being real. Like, there wasn't any equity packages. Uh, Northam did this disparity study, which basically allowed for all these economic studies across the state based off of our conversations. Like, yo, I, I took the brunt. I did what I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I served my time. So mm-hmm. now— I want to do what I want to do, mm-hmm. and and that's really where I am, running the Tonster League, doing community events, helping train black folk on how we build political power across the country, and being at Virginia State. Those are the things that I enjoy doing, and I absolutely love where I am. It's not, I'm not going to say it's not hectic. I'm not going to say it's not chaotic. I have hard days like everybody else, but um, I'm thankful, and I'm, I'm very—I uh, have a great deal of gratitude for everybody who's been very supportive along the way. Even when people blame Wes for every one or two negative comments, I probably get 15 comments and, and things said in love and appreciation. And white people now in Charlottesville specifically understand what all of this was about and mm. we're a better place because of it. Mm. That's how you end it. Dr. Wes Bellamy, they yeah. can find you. I mean, just Google him. <laughs> um, he is everywhere and more importantly, follow his work um, at Virginia State University yeah, yeah, yeah. right here yeah. in, in Petersburg. Yeah, get um, the book, yeah. White Supremacy Knocks, Fight Back, How White People Use Their Power, How Black People Use Their Privilege. Um, make sure you cop that. And you can also, if you want to hear the full story, you can pe- check out my memoir, Monumental, It Was Never About a Statue, which was my account about how everything happened. Thank you, Wes. I appreciate right. you coming on. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Dr. Wes Bellamy, that was the latest or last episode for this for this series of, of taping today, because we had mm-hmm. Devon Henry on today as well. Yeah. Um, for After the Monuments, a real talk about race with Michael Paul Williams and Kelly Lemon. We'll see y'all next time. After the Monuments is a Virginia Video Network production and produced by Matt Pachilli, Michael Paul Williams, and me, Kelly Lemon. Technical direction and editing from Bill Barksdale. Executive production from Paul Farrell, Diane Salvatore, and Paige Mudd. Will Royer provides studio support. Our artwork is by Krishna Mathis. I'm Kelly Lemon, and we'll see you next week on After the Monuments. Huge thanks to Massey Cancer Center for being our After the Monuments sponsor.